Hi everyone, welcome back to the home spun yak. How's it going? I feel like I haven't introduced it this way in a while. How's it going, Mr. Hatley? Oh, well, now that you introduced it in that way, it's going terrible. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, shout out to Stuart Fisher. Got married over the Stuart weekend. Stuart Fisher. All right. All right. All He's right. a married man, married ladies. Man. Sorry. <laughs> off the market, folks. <laughs> Gentlemen, ladies. Gentlemen, hands ladies, off. Babies, hands off. <laughs> So that's uh, what we celebrated this weekend, this past weekend, and now we're back to reality. And Stuart is in the Maldives. No, the... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's not doing a honeymoon until a few weeks from now. But once it COVID will be is tro- over. It will be a tropical paradise. <laughs> yeah, once he gets his COVID passport. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that a thing? Is that something he's actually going to have to do? I'm assuming. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, I, he didn't mention that. I just, I took it to there. I took it to okay. that level. He, uh, he took <laughs> it to the Alex Jones conspiracy theory level <laughs> yeah. immediately, yeah. just out the gate. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely been rumors of COVID passports. I don't think anything yeah. substantial yet, but. I would not shock me if I think they, that's true in would. Europe, though. In Americans aren't oh, allowed yeah. to go over there unless they show that they've been vaccinated. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that is true. Yeah, and just uh, I think the EU is still deciding on a specific date, uh, or maybe they have already, like midsummer, to uh, for people to travel into the eu yeah i don't know you know i think they're doing a lot worse than we are as far as getting everybody vaccinated yeah yeah i was talking to my uh my boss and my lab tech or the lab tech in our lab who is japanese and they were talking about how in japan and just so we're clear i'm well aware that japan is not in europe uh but (laughs) it's right next to france (laughs) I was not aware. <laughs> but in, in Japan, they have a, a vaccination of 0.2% or something like that. Like that's how much of the population they vaccinated because they can't get access to any of the vaccines. So they talked to wow. the Pfizer CEO and he's like, yeah, we'll get you the vaccines. And it still hasn't happened. So, wow. Yeah. Japan's far, far behind. That's great. That's kind of crazy. I would have thought they would have been a lot better on that. But yeah, you'd think. I guess I don't know what their infection rate was like based on how they are. But did he mention that? No. Although, I mean, they have the Olympics coming up this summer. So (laughs) so how are they going to do that? You know, how are they going to pull that off? Oh, Uh, man. I don't I know about that. United States is at 50% vaccination right now with uh, 50% of the population has at least gotten one dose of the vaccine. So wow. eventually once we hit about 70, 80%, we'll start, they'll press the button and everybody will turn into a, a cyborg. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know all the details, but, um, 
I guess the reason why we were able to do it so quickly and have such a high rate of vaccination to this point. Because of the Democrats. Well, no, because of Trump. <laughs> no, I think, now you uh, get your <laughs> conservative ass out of here. Now. Okay, anyway. I think they uh, they said that, you know, they reached out to all the pharmaceutical companies and saying that they would um, stimulate them with a billion dollars for funding and logistics of getting the vaccine across the country. Mm-hmm. Whereas the EU was like trying to negotiate like pricing with different pharmaceutical companies where we just said this is the rate that you'll get so you know first guy wins and or you know we'll take whoever basically yeah and luckily it happened pretty quickly and that's something that yeah i just until recently just assumed that we were like because our rate of covid was so much higher than the rest of the world i just assumed like you know with people skeptical about the vaccine and yeah just a bunch of different factors. Um, I just assumed that we would be pretty poor on, you know, vaccination percentage, whereas in fact, we're probably the best in the world right now. Yeah. Which kind of shocked me. We have to be up there until China and and Russia release their (laughs) numbers. Like we are at 100% (laughs) vaccination. (laughs) We're fine. The Americans aren't even close to us. (laughs) Yeah, just believe us. Believe our numbers. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you're right, though. Uh, Although, to your point, which I think is actually right, that there is a lot of vaccine skepticism. Um, I was talking Mm -hmm. to my boss, and he he took his wife to a mass vaccination site. um, And it was empty, completely empty. They just strolled in, and she got her shot, and his son got his shot. And uh, they just walked out. But the whole time, uh, this is like a massive field. And uh, just no one was there. So, I mean, even huh. I think NPR even talked about it, right? Like uh, there's a lot of appointments that are going unfilled. So we yeah. we got the vaccines, but people aren't going to, to go get their, their shots. So Now that it's fully open and like easy to yeah, get an appointment right. now yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's not cool anymore yeah <laughs> yeah so, so they we got it make but it was still cool <laughs> yeah they gotta they gotta limit it somehow wow <laughs> be like you get a free pokemon card or something with it <laughs> and then i'll be like damn I'm it i'm sure that would actually work <laughs> i need to i need to get another one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of skepticism about it and just a lot of, well, I, it's not a reality here yet, but I see that it could be is the potential of like a COVID passport. Like you mm. have to update your app on your phone or a passport or something. And yeah, I just don't really know fully how I I feel about that. Um, yeah, me either. Because on the one hand, you know, if I'm going into another, if I'm going to France, if I'm going to Italy and they're like, you know, Right. As of now, like if you come into the country, you have to prove that you were vaccinated, essentially. And I mean, I get that. Definitely. It's each country can decide, you know, how to best protect itself in a multitude of of ways. But 
I don't know. I think it, if it becomes a thing, even temporary in language, I think it'll just progress to a permanent thing, which I don't, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like, it's just holding the freedom of travel against you kind of just, just saying like, you know, do you want to, you want to go places? Well, you better get a shot if you want to go places. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, father. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, just the, the idea that obviously you want to be vaccinated and safe from any viruses, but the idea overall idea that the government knows what's best for you specifically is, is laughable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, I kind of like you, I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it and it's a constant struggle to kind of think of like, at what point are your rights being infringed on? But then on the other hand, you know, you, you know, the science of it, you know, that technically it's, it's good. It's the right thing, but it's like, I, I also, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of having freedoms and whatnot. And I know a lot of people mm -hmm. are like, well, you can't, you shouldn't have freedoms or do stupid things, you know, that hurt others. It's just like, well, I mean, you can use that argument for a lot of things um, yeah. and ends up becoming a slippery slope. So I, I totally get the, the hesitancy in that regard. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen with the COVID passport. I think right now I, I'm, I would prefer to just not have that. I think another thing is too, like coronavirus is eventually just going to be something like the flu. If, I mean, potentially if we have to take it every year, get a shot, I can tell you, I'm not going to get it every year. I don't even get the flu shot every year. Everybody keeps yeah. telling me and, uh, I, I get it every once in a while. And a lot of that is because there's, there's a lot of crossover between flu shots and stuff like that. So, you know, if you get the flu or if you get coronavirus after those initial shots, you're going to have some protection for a long time, more than a year. Um, it's just, so it's, it, it, to me, it, it was always a convenience thing for me that I, I just didn't want to like set up my appointment to go get my flu shot and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I got like a billion other things that are going through my head that I have to worry about. The flu shot is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm not too, I know the coronavirus thing right now is huge and that's, it's really important and whatnot, but, um, eventually it's truly just going to be another one of those viruses that's just out there. It's not like yeah. coronaviruses themselves are like new. I mean, they've been around for mm -hmm. a long time. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not, not too, too worried about it. Um, but actually on that topic, uh, Baltimore still has this, uh, uh, full-time mask mandate. So even if you're outside, even if you're by yourself, mm -hmm. you're supposed to be wearing your mask. Obviously not very many people do that where they're outside, although actually a surprising amount still do, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. but, oh, yeah. uh, and we'll continue to do, yeah. And we'll continue to do <laughs> right. Um, but uh, it was funny because the mayor of Baltimore, who I kind of like, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a younger guy. I think he's like in his thirties. Um, and he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders in general. Um, he was asked at the end, like the end of his press conference or something, uh, are you going to be lifting the outdoor mask mandate? Because like, what's, what's the point? Right. Um, and he just walked off the stage. 
<laughs> he didn't even wow. answer it. Um, which is which it's is so dumb. Yeah, it is. Which is which is funny because the CDC just released today the new guidelines for for outdoor uh, mask. And they said, you don't have to wear a mask, uh, especially if you're vaccinated. But even unvaccinated people don't necessarily have to wear a mask unless they're with a group of people or whatever. So right. something that makes a lot more sense, you know. And uh, so now, like, the CDC is giving this recommendation, but Baltimore City is still uh, technically has this law or not law, whatever you want to call it, mandate, whatever mandate, you want to call it, yeah. um, that we still have to, to wear our masks when, when we're outside at, at all times. So it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of ridiculous. I knew you'd probably appreciate it because you're, you're big, like into <laughs> I'm wearing a heavy masks. outside mask yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were three I layers. For, yeah. I have been for a while, even before COVID, <laughs> yeah. you know, big yeah. mask guy. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I was outside today and I saw many, many people who walked by me and, put their mask on and I looked back and they took it off as I was out of range. Sure. And it's just like, you saved yourself, man. That one act saved your life and maybe millions of others. So <laughs> thank you. I was irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, there's no, there seems to be no evidence, but I don't, I wonder why there people isn't. are so, so reluctant to, to move on from that, at least in the outside, you know, it's just, people have just terrified themselves and have just, I don't know. It's again, going back to just the government, you know, not knowing what's best for people and how people just will blindly follow whatever people like Fauci or anybody says. And, you know, obviously there's good CDC guidelines in place and people are trying to do the right thing as this thing had evolved initially and nobody knew exactly. But now that we know the science, we know what's going on. We've got vaccines, 50%. Um, I don't know. You just, <clears throat> you just see how big of an impact you know, people's words are that are in government that, you know, still have a, such a tight grip on people after certain things have been cleared and verified hmm. that, you know, something like the COVID passport, I could see going through easily, you know, because people are like, oh, it's, it'll help us. It will, blah, 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 you know, and then just do it. And it's like, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. Like I just printed out a thing or got a stamp or just opened my app but i just feel like we're going down a slippery slope of like fractions of percentages of freedoms being taken away so slowly and over such a long period of time that by the time you realize like we're living in a socialist or dictatorship I'm not saying it's going to get to that but by the time it's like wow we are we have strayed pretty far from you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was, it's too late to go back on it because now everybody's so accustomed to it. And what are you, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. It's just like the super league. I mean, it's inevitable. I feel. <laughs> and the owners are like the government. They just, yeah. you know, what do you, we're, this is what's best for you in the end. 
you might not like it now, but you'll get over it and move on and we'll benefit from, from your blind submission. That's a good transition, actually. Can you up give us an update on what happened with the Super League? <laughs> Super League crashed and burned <laughs> only hours after we released our podcast. So I don't know if there's any coincidence there, but no, it's um, not a coincidence. No, I don't think so. They listened to it. They were like, we were. They right. all sat we down. <laughs> wow, we we strayed from the path. We royally screwed up this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got this guy talking about it. Then they released a statement, and they were like, "We have always cared about the fans. The fans are our number one priority." We don't know yep. why we did this. <laughs> yeah. Money was not the reason. Yeah, no, we thought everybody would love it. Like we yeah. thought you guys would really love it. <laughs> and, <laughs> until they showed up at the stadiums and tried to like basically burn it down. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's it's still going to have some lingering effects. You know, the even the, you know, just couple of days that it was a real thing. Um, and even when the owners put out apologies and, you know, we say it's over, like we didn't want to be in really, like we were just, <laughs> yeah, the load of bullshit. it was that guy, it was that, he yeah. made us, like he made us do it. We have parted but, uh, ways with one person, <laughs> Super League. John, uh, we're having this meeting today because, uh, uh, you, well, you're the CFO and you know, we're going to have to throw you under the bus on this one. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, but it's been two days. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, we're going to have to just, they had to, I mean, they, 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 they probably did have to like throw some people under the bus. Isn't there a, uh, like some fans that are calling for a particular owner to, to step down from being the owner oh, all or fans like are calling for oh, yeah. all the owners. I mean, at least in England. Um, yeah. I can't really speak on Spain or Italy, but, um, yeah, at least, at least in England, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. Like people showed up in the thousands, you know, at Arsenal, at Chelsea, at Manchester United, um, and basically made themselves heard. And, um, you know, ultimately that was the undoing of the Super League, not the threats of, you know, you won't be in the Champions League or the World Cup. It was just, yeah, I mean, we didn't listen to the fans at all. We just blindly assumed that they'd be okay with it. Um, mm -hmm. And we underestimated, you know, how big social media plays a part in all of this and you know, how we're going to be perceived if we go forward with this. And even, you know, backing out of it, people are still, you know, furious. And the owner of Arsenal, you know, that I think that's the biggest one is like they're calling for him to resign. And the owner of Spotify actually uh, tweeted and was like, I will buy Arsenal. <laughs> I've been an Arsenal fan for, I think he's Swedish. And uh, he's like, I will put a bid in. Like, if the guy wants to sell, like, just let me know. But they released a statement like, you know, the Denver Sports Group will not sell. <laughs> so I think they're, yeah, it's it's just going to, 
it fizzled out, but you know, the owner of Real Madrid, who seemed to be the ringleader of it, said, um, you know, the Super League is not dead. Like it's it's still gonna happen, but um we just need to regroup and formulate a better plan, I guess, or, you know, just wait until people become ultra desperate. I don't know. But I feel like when you get fans back in the stands, um, that's when you're going to start making more money and start to make wiser business decisions to, uh, to get out of debt. But I mean, who knows? Barcelona were in the worst spot of any other team by by hundreds of millions in debt. Aren't they paying they just hung Messi, on to Messi like insane, yeah. insane amounts? Didn't they? Like, yeah, and they're not winning a three-year anything. Deal or something like that. Yeah, and they're not winning anything, and they'd rather just they'd rather like keep Messi there for life, just to say that he just this is his only club he ever played for, and. Yeah, basically, he's a god, and he he's a god because of us. And it, I don't know. I mean, he's him and Ronaldo are still the most popular players, and obviously that equals dollar signs worldwide. But you're now you're trying to keep him happy when he's getting older, and not the player he once was. So that's going to be detrimental to your overall team morale and performance because they know coming in like he's a man even though maybe i have better stamina or i might be a better player than him in like a year he's still going to be the center of attention Mm. and uh you know if they would have sold him like three or four years ago i don't think they'd be it i don't think they'd be hurting as bad but yeah super league is done for now yeah thank goodness i was incredibly <laughs> upset by that as you heard in the last <laughs> podcast yeah yeah you you cried yeah i was you know it was just it just made me really impassioned emboldened yeah. yeah i get it yeah uh on another note i do have news uh i published Caitlin a study Jenner. Oh, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner. (laughs) (laughs) We could talk about that, too. Um, But I published my first study with this lab. So we've been working on a paper for over a year now. Um, Well, I've been working on this paper for over a year. They have been working on this paper for like two years or something like that. So it's been a a long time coming. But we finally... uh, uh, published or got accepted by the Journal of Cell Biology, and uh, wow, that's I'm awesome! Gonna, when did that happen? The uh, week and a half I'm ago. On, I'm on the board. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't I didn't hear about this. Did not approve this. Uh, <laughs> gonna... <laughs> yeah, I'll have to see this. <laughs> so the uh, the title, in case anybody wants to read it, I'm sure you'll want to read it. Um, it's yeah. called Parkin Independent Mitophagy uh, via DRP1 Mediated Outer Membrane Severing and Inner mi- Membrane Ubiquitination. Um, Got it. <laughs> Just writing that down. <laughs> 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 okay all right 
So, so yeah, um, have you ever heard of autophagy before? I've heard the word. I have no idea what it means. <laughs> okay. All right. So autophagy is something that won the Nobel Prize uh, maybe 15 years ago, something like that. I don't really remember exactly when, but uh, it was pretty recent uh, in terms of science terms. And essentially what it is, is our cells are able to consume parts of themselves. Um, so they, it's like a cellular, cellular cleanup machinery. It, it's uh, these, these vessels inside of our cells that um, trap things that need to be broken down, need to be destroyed into their constitutive parts. So think of like a car um, s starts to run kind of clunky and you can replace particular parts on it but eventually it gets so like just so old and so beat up that uh it's just better to just break it up for parts that's what autophagy yeah. is so you're breaking up um these particular pieces of our our cells and so and this happens naturally yeah yeah it happens it happens in just all of our cells and it does happen uh normally so Right now, and just, our cells the are... The discovery of that process was what won that guy the Nobel Prize. Right, yeah, exactly. So they discovered that that process, yeah. right? Um, so the original, or one of the original uh, kind of classical pathways for how that actually occurs, so different molecules that interact to allow autophagy to occur, uh, was through this process called uh, Parkin Pink mediated pathway parkin and pink are two molecules um so that was that was the original system that's what a lot of people a lot of researchers have been basing their understanding of autophagy based off of that particular pathway um, now what we did is we actually uh, ended up discovering that there's another pathway um, so we figured out a uh, a, a unique way by which our cells, when pink and parkin aren't present in our cells, what happens? I mean, obviously they can't just stop uh, undergoing autophagy. So they end up using a different system, which is the system that we ended up uh, discovering. And what ultimately happens, we, we specifically look at mitochondria. And so if you've got damaged mitochondria, this autophagy machine will, will kind of engulf the mitochondrion and destroy it and break it up into its constitutive parts and whatnot. So that's the classical understanding of autophagy. Now, in uh, our model, what we found is that mitochondrion will accumulate a signal. Actually, um, more specifically, if you have a healthy mitochondrion and then we poison it with a bunch with a particular drug that ends up leading to a bunch of malfunctions in that mitochondrion what happens is that mitochondrion behaves in such a way that it will start to partition out the damaged parts of itself to like a corner of itself and then it recruits uh this these another molecule that comes in and actually pinches it right down the middle and cuts off that damaged section wow. of mitochondria and that then gets separated from the, the still intact, healthy mitochondrion. So now you have two mitochondria, and one of them is extremely damaged, and the other one is much healthier than when it was all combined as one. So then what happens is this really damaged mitochondrion has this high level of these concentrated proteins uh, that 
start to express. So you have tons of these damaged proteins and the cell or the mitochondrion, well, more so the cell ends up recognizing that and the mitochondrion will actually burst open. So it, it, it opens, uh, it's, it's outer membrane. And then, uh, that is the signal then for autophagy to come in and engulf that, that particular, uh, mitochondrion mm. and get rid of it. So that's this new system that we've, we've discovered. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we put tons of work into it and, uh, it's a really complex paper. I covered it on Physionic. It took me an hour to go through 10% of the data. Right. Um, so it's, it's heavy, wow. heavy molecular biology, but, um, it's a really cool mechanism and actually being able to see the visuals of this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, the mitochondrion behaving in certain ways was, was really sweet. So, um, yeah, journal of cell biology. Are people able done. to, are they going to publish it on their website or is there an area where you can go and read it or, you know, learn about it? Yeah. Yeah. They have it. Um, they have it listed. So, you just type in that really simple title yeah. that I gave you, <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to find it. Or you can just type in my name and type in the word mitophagy, which is M I T O and then phagy P P H A G G Y. And I'm sure it'll pop up. Um, so yeah, wow, that's, that's, um, awesome. that's, that's the news from and, Lake Wolbegon. Potentially with this, um, you know, what could be the what could be the benefit or the result from understanding this new process i'm sure there's multiple avenues of that or did you cover that at any part in your paper or is just like here's a new process that we discovered and basically from this will we can do x or y or yeah that's a good question a lot of people end up asking that specific question actually when i presented it um, people were asking that exact question, like, okay, well, what what can we do with this, right? Um, and it's tricky because in science, you end up with these situations where you have the molecular biology or the cell biology, where it's just trying to figure out the the, the how things work. That's it. That's all you're right. trying to figure out. And that's what we did. And then you take it up a step and you're like, okay, well, now let's try to figure this out in brain cells specifically. So then, you know, mm -hmm. maybe if it gets replicated in brain cells, we see the same thing. Okay, cool. Then the next step is, okay, now let's look at animals because we can't jump from that to humans. Right. So then we look at animals, look at rats, mice, and then we go up to monkeys and then we go from monkeys to, to, to humans. So there's, there's a lot of steps that have to go, go into place, yeah. but ultimately I don't, I don't know if this is going to end up um, becoming anything in terms of like clinical practice. It could, um, like autophagy is implicated in dementia and mm -hmm. Parkinson's and uh, diabetes and things like that. So we, I think we have like maybe one sentence in our entire paper, just quick mentioning, oh, this, this could be a novel approach to how to cure or treat these diseases. But I mean, every scientist says that. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just somehow related, so we just kind of throw it in there to make it applicable. And it could very well be, um, I mean, like Parkin, that protein that I was mentioning, well, that's related to Parkinson's. That's the yeah. whole idea um, behind that protein. So, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely some molecules that we focus in on so much because they are incredibly important for these different diseases. So if that's going to happen with our paper, probably not. Uh, you know, in all, in all honesty, but, um, 
yeah, I mean, could something come out of it? For sure. Um, yeah. So we'll see. It's not going to be our lab because our lab just does molecular biology. Right. And it's mostly just making the community aware that, hey, this is a, something that happens under these circumstances. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's kind of like, um, kind of like CRISPR, right? I mean, nobody knew about CRISPR for the longest time. And just a few years ago now, uh, now we have CRISPR and that came out of a molecular biology lab. They just figured out this mechanism and they were just like, why don't we apply that here? And they started doing it. And now we can, we could technically use CRISPR to genetically modify so many other things. Yeah. I mean, people for sure. So there's just, uh, there's so many possibilities. I mean, you can jump through the, the, the ranks of that kind of scientific process for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, those are incredibly low odds. I mean, that won the Nobel Prize too, uh, CRISPR. So Right. Well, still very cool and awesome to be recognized like that. Yeah. yeah. A lot is. of hard work paid off. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Uh, finally. I'm, I'm still spending like uh, nine, ten hours in the lab. So... It's I, now I'm working on my actual like dissertation project. So right. um, that's, that's been a, a, a pain in the ass um, in, <laughs> in a good imagine. way. It's just uh it's just a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the, that's the news from the science well, world. Yeah. We'll have to share the, uh, the link. I will. And I'm sure, I mean, <laughs> I mean, no joke, just that title. And then like the abstract, it, it's just, it's so, there's, yeah. it's so molecular biology focused that it's, uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. We'll just put it that way. It's not a bedtime story, folks. <laughs> no. Or maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. If you put it on audio and someone read it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Here, we report that acute reduction in (laughs) mitochondrial translation fidelity causes ubiquitination of the inner mitochondrial membrane. (laughs) (laughs) Could easily be. I love love how researchers get so excited about their research. And it's like, no, but they never seem to realize (laughs) that no one gives a flying fuck about your research. Except for the people in their particular field. Exactly. And even some of those people don't give a shit. Yeah. It's so funny to me. I uh, like I noticed this actually when I was in one of my classes um, recently that when the the researchers are giving these lectures, like actual lectures, they're not presentations of their research. They're just lectures. There's two things that happen. One is that as they're going through the lecture, they're showing like data and stuff because we're in a graduate uh, level. So it's not just like diagrams, like they're actually showing the data and like showing this is how we discovered this. But then they always mention like the lab name and like the authors and all that. And no, like no one cares. No one cares. Like you can say, I don't know, Boyman at, at all discovered this and then or Roger at all discovered this or Natalie, you know, it's just but none of the students care. We always tune you out when you say that. It's it's just so frustrating. <laughs> it's like, why why not just give the information and not add all these like disclaimers and then the second thing is that at the very end of every lecture most of them end up having like several slides where they just for no reason has nothing to do with the lecture they just talk about their research they're just like and we're currently working on this and it's just like how does that uh, tie in 
It doesn't and at why, all. Why do they want to tell you about it? Because, because they, get, they think you care or they think like... Yes. I mean, they think that we care, one, and two, which is fine. And sometimes, sure, like it's interesting, but they think that their their research is so interesting. They just don't have a concept of like, no one gives a shit. It's like their wife at home, you know, <laughs> like, do not talk to me about that shit <laughs> yeah, they have to get keep it, it at work and that's so why weird. they stay at work till like 7 p.m because they're just trying to be around people that that they can talk about this yeah. stuff with you know yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's an interesting phenomenon it's really frustrating though sometimes what's what's the eta until you're you're done or do you know exactly when that might be well, it just varies know. It's going to be probably like two years. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. PhD is always a, a bitch. I'm never doing another one. Sure. I can tell you that much. Oh, really? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's another, it's, it's another beast compared to like a master's. I thought my master, I mean, the master's program, it just goes by and you fit so much stuff into a two-year period and you learn so much. But at the end, like you're getting to like, you know, even at the end of the first year, you're like, wow, that flew by, but I did a lot. Mm -hmm. And then you, you get to the end of your two years, you're like, okay, great. I graduated with my master's with a PhD. I mean, you just, you feel like you're in this like Eternal. nebulous world of just like constantly doing stuff <laughs> and you're yep. getting nowhere. And then you're like, fuck, another <laughs> year went by. <laughs> it's been seven years. Yeah, that's actually when they kick you out of the program. Seven years. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't imagine. Yeah. It's not It's not fun sometimes. It can be pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll pay off in the end. I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> that's the hope. So far, it's progressing well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so far it's progressing well. Yeah. Just got to live in the moment, you know? Yeah, live, live in the moment. That's good <laughs> advice. That's Don't plan good. anything. Just live, man. Yeah. Did you um? Did you see the, the podcast with uh, JRE where he had that woman on talking about uh, plastics? So no, he had a, he had a doctor so. on who... Uh, uh, PhD talking about phthalates. So this might actually be an interesting public service announcement out there for anybody who hasn't watched that podcast, which is pretty interesting. It's only like an hour and a half. Um, she's an older professor, but um, she did a lot of her research on phthalates, which are essentially just molecules that uh, apparently disrupt our sex hormones. Uh, talking about testosterone and estrogen, but they have a mm. potent effect when we aren't even born yet. So uh, if they affect us when, you know, when we're still growing in utero and whatnot, um, they can lead to uh, like, like effects for the rest of our lives. So as in like penis size decreases, uh, like drastically decreases, um, there, we produce a lot less testosterone uh, throughout our life. Um, testosterone levels are like cut in half, something like that. Like really, really, really drastic effects on our sexual health, which of course affects, you know, it's not just sexual health, it's affecting our entire body. And it affects women just as much as it affects men, just obviously different, different ways. So these phthalates are found in plastics. 
Um, and they're f especially in heated plastic. So one thing that she said out of anything, do not heat anything in your microwave. <laughs> do not heat anything in your microwave in a plastic container or, uh, you know, use, try to avoid using as many like edible, you know, stuff that you eat, uh, uh that, that are plastic. Um, yeah. but she said like, you know, just light covering or something like meat and in the aisle or whatever that has a saran wrap or whatever, like that's, yeah. that's fine. But you know, if it's, if it's, if it's I'm stuff, then yeah. if that's not fine, I'm done. <laughs> but if it's, if it's other foods that are only contained in, in plastics and whatnot, um, she, she said that that, um, yeah, all those contain phthalates and as an adult, they still affect you. But the, the great thing is the one positive note is that as an adult, if you stop using plastics within a f about a few months, you get all that stuff out of your system and you go back mm -hmm. to where you should be. Um, but if you, if you're a mother or father and you're, the kid is still in utero, that is the, like the point you have to stop so that, um, the development cycle can, can work effectively. I thought it was really, really wow. interesting. And she has a, actually a really great sense of humor because you know how Joe is, um, right. Know, so they're talking about like taint and like all kinds of stuff and like the scrotum size and all that. And he's just like, <laughs> he's like, he's laughing and then Can't she's laughing it. and stuff. But yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, wow. it's, it's a pretty good episode. What a nightmare. It's well, fascinating though. Like her research is really fascinating. I mean, it's a lot of it is associative, but she's done stuff in rats as well, where they've actively like kept every condition the same. And then they just apply phthalates and the exact same thing happens. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, most likely it's, it's happening. So just, Man. uh, just a PSA out there. Yeah. That's definitely good to know. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah. yeah. I did see, a, I did see a recent, JRE, I mean, not the whole thing, but um, this guy Dave Smith was recently on. That's the most who, like, generic name in the world. <laughs> it really is. Um, he's no been idea. on a couple times, and he's he's a comedian as well, I believe. But he uh, he's been huge in like the libertarian, oh, okay. not you know, movement or just he's a big libertarian, um, and he always has a lot of really interesting and slightly different perspectives on you know us getting out of afghanistan or you know the war in syria or covid whatever it is and he's very it's always a really great listen where you know joe is actually really engaged and it mm. tends to go a lot longer because of that yeah, yeah. um and just a really smart really smart guy um so i highly recommend listening maybe even to the previous one with him because he does a really good job of breaking down what you know libertarianism is and you know just his views on it and you know where it started and uh just a super funny guy as well so it's just a lot it's very easy to to listen to and laugh as well so that's another recent one that came on but um i don't even know how to tie in cellular stuff to this but i've i've been <laughs> seeing a lot of videos about uh 
Fake natty vids. Fake natty, which means you're not natural, but you claim to be. Okay, yeah. For for some reason, I thought you were talking about like a channel or a person. I thought there no, was somebody I, called that, but I, I, I couldn't remember. There might be, but it's just... Uh, I don't know. Ever since I I joined a gym again this year, and I've been going a lot recently, and just trying to get back into getting a, a good routine for the gym. And you know, there's so many there's so many people on YouTube where you can get a lot of great information on particular workouts that you can do for parts of the body, and it's been cool to to revisit that side of it and, you know, see people who, um, are clearly just like influencer, like, I, I don't know, like, you know, ultra shredded guys who are just like, you know, if you do this, you know, if you do that, and then this is what I eat on a daily thing. And it's just like, and then there's the guys that are, you know, more sort of normal body types with a lot of good information as well, but also are like trying to debunk these influencers as fake natties. Mm. And uh, there's a guy on YouTube called Philion who does mm. a really funny job. <laughs> um, but he attacks your hero sometimes, Mike O'Hearn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike O'Hearn, who is... Uh, Who's often that. often termed uh, Mike O'Tren, which if nobody knows, <laughs> Trenbolone is 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 a steroid. That guy is truly. Un I I I've just become uh, aware of this gentleman, and my God, <laughs> just hilarious. Um, I guess he claims that he's all natural. Yeah, he does. Um, I he think does. he's in his fifties, and yeah, yeah. the dude is just like, like monstrous, <laughs> an absolute monster. He <laughs> has he has the 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 physique of a god. Not not like like an Adonis, like a like a regular human being with yeah. a fantastic physique. He literally has a physique of a god. Yeah, it isn't. I mean, he's been and it's been that way since like the eighties, yeah. pretty much yeah, with yeah. him. Yeah. So I mean I give him credit like he's definitely working his ass off but sure, you yeah. know to <laughs> he's committed and uh but to say that he's uh all natural I think is a stretch would you not agree <laughs> I would be inclined to <laughs> at agree at 52 years old <laughs> Yeah I would be inclined to agree Oh it's pretty hilarious and like his videos like it's just insane just the level of vanity this guy has of him just like coming in on on horseback, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's like this is not a joke. This is this is me like being dead serious because I'm yeah. that guy. I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that whole world of YouTube has sucked me in. Just like just watching like funny videos and then like video. I've always liked the videos of like the strongman competition just because it's just so preposterous. Like. Yeah the stuff that they do and mm. i don't know if i don't know if they're tested like in the strongman world for steroids no, no. or yeah, not no. but um yeah it's just it's just interesting to to get into that and a guy that i've really liked listening to is uh, dorian yates 
who was a uh, former Mr. Olympia and uh, obviously was, you know, very open about <laughs> doing steroids back in the nineties. And uh, he just seems to be way down to earth now and gives a lot of really good advice that I've used lately, you know, but there's just so many different channels out there now. Seriously. It's just hilarious. But yeah, just been just been trying to get back into the gym a little bit more and do things that change it up a little bit. Yeah, the fake natty uh, thing is has been going around for the last like decade or something. It's uh, <laughs> it's a constant battle, but of late it's gotten pretty bad because you, like you pointed out, I mean you have these like fitness influencers who are really shredded and they're they're like I don't know. Some of them are like 19 years old, 18 years old, and they have like incredible physiques. And it's just, and then they're like transformation. It's like a year and a half. Like they were really skinny. And then a year and a half, they got like this incredible physique. It's like just 40 like, pounds of muscle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, they look, they look like 10 years older because right. they, they have like such a stocky like frame to them, but they're shredded. Yeah. And they got like chiseled jawline <laughs> and all that stuff. And it's just like, come on, dude, get, get your head out of your ass. Like there's no way that this is, this is, this is without steroids. Like it's I just, know. No I just way. wish there was a guy and I guess that rich Piana guy was pretty much like open and honest about, yeah. you know, like I've been doing steroids and I'm always going to do them. And that's ultimately what did him in, I guess. But, um, yeah, I just wish people were more honest about stuff like that. Cause it's like, yeah, if you want to do it, that's fine. Like, you know, do it. But don't give people this false reality. I think it's because of the uh, the sponsorships that they have. I'm sure they're really lucrative, yeah. you know. And yeah. if they admitted that they took steroids, the sponsors would probably have to drop them for legal reasons or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, uh, Simeon Panda is another example of a guy who's just absolutely yoked. Um, and has claimed that he's not on steroids or some of them will sometimes kind of circumvent. Creatine. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like sometimes they'll say like, okay guys, I'm coming clean. Finally, I take creatine, you know, or some, or some bullshit or something that's legal, but it's like, right. That's kind of fringe like SARMs, mm -hmm. for example. Um, or like different, like, uh, different pro hormones, which are the uh, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I take free workout and that's how, yeah. I mean, some, some of these like pro hormones though, uh, a pro hormone is, is literally a hormone molecule and it mm -hmm. has a tail that's a, t that's on it. And the body, ha all the body has to do is cleave that tail and suddenly you've got the hormone, right? So the problem with that is that some of these pro hormones are really like they're they're really strong, um, really powerful. So that's some of these pro hormones actually are legal. Like you can get them and you can inject them and all that stuff, and you know nobody's gonna bat an eye. So some of these influencers will f like have actually admitted to the legal thing. Oh yeah, I take pro hormones or whatever it might be. It's like, come on, just quit bullshitting. Like you're, you're taking, you're taking the steroids. Just come clean. Doesn't it seem like 99% of people using steroids, the risk 
outweighs a reward. And then like that 1% who is like, you know, bodybuilders, like fit pro, whatever, or influencers with millions of followers. They're the only ones like, you know, I'm getting millions of dollars. Maybe that, maybe it's worth the risk if my lifestyle changes so dramatically because I'm using them in a positive way. Whereas for the majority of the people using steroids, it's like, what's the, what's the reward here? Other than like, you look good for yourself and like 10 other people who see you like your, your long-term risk is much higher. I would, I would feel. Yeah. We're not entirely certain on the, the, the risks of steroids. I mean, uh, plenty of people will say all that stuff, but then is they don't actually like end up coming forward with all great evidence. Like there's, because it's not like researchers can study it very well. They can't, you know, because it's illegal. So, so it's hard to study. So sometimes you do based off of like what people tell you and then there's like confidentiality and like that kind of stuff. So sometimes you can get some information out of that. Um, do I think that taking mass amounts of a hormone, any hormone, is a great idea? No, I, I mean, I definitely don't. Um, mm-hmm. But <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, it's tough to say. It's tough to say definitively. Um, but you're right. And actually, speaking to that, I remember back at ECU when I was going to the gymnasium there uh, yeah. at the rec center, um, a friend of mine who will remain nameless uh, for the uh, offering a hit of a steroid. <laughs> yeah, I got a hit of it. <laughs> oh, I smoked it. <laughs> uh, no, he was he was telling me um, that. I mean, he or she nope. or they or they now. someone. I'm not gonna. Please don't use gendered language. <laughs> because... You seen that video? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my god! And I don't want to. No, you don't. Want it. It's insane. But yeah, go on. They, uh, he, um, was saying. I just, I didn't, I didn't want to like out who it might be. Um, well, now we know. But I've just eliminated. I don't even know. I would say half the population. Fifty-two percent. Apparently, that's not the case anymore. So, we'll just say I just eliminated. Yeah, like fifty-two percent of the population. Anyway. Um, yeah, he was telling me that he had buddies, they weren't like really close friends or anything, um, that they, so he was natural or is natural. I know that for a fact, but, um, some of his friends, uh, were not, so they were on steroids. I didn't find out like some of these guys I'd been, you know, I'd meet, I'd see them in the gym and whatnot. You know, this is in the time, this is when I was like, what, 20 three, 24, 25. This is the time when I'm still in this stage of life where I, I have a hard time just like having conversations with people, especially guys, you know, it's like everybody just walks around with like (laughs) big lat syndrome and they're constantly in this dick swinging contest without actually saying that they're in a dick swinging contest. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, exactly. No (laughs) eye contact. Hey bro, you using that? Like you you like drop your voice like two octaves just, just to be like more intimidating and stuff. It's just like, bro, two more sets. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind if I work in? <laughs> if you can handle it, bro, go ahead. Yeah, if you can handle it. So, uh, I can take some of these weights off for you. 
<laughs> no joke like that those are the kinds of conversations we used to have um, but so anyway I, I like i actually worked out not with them but around them uh many many times for years and some of them turned out to be on steroids and i never knew that because they were so fucking skinny they were just really? like they yeah they were take i mean these guys were on programs that made no sense whatsoever oh, no. um and I'm sure their nutrition was absolute trash. But right. yeah, I mean, some of them were, I mean, one guy was definitely, I mean, you could tell he was, he was huge right. and was on steroids and whatnot. But like, I don't know, maybe three or four other guys that my friend knew, uh, I, I was shocked. He was like, yeah, they've been, they've been taking stuff for, uh, for over a year now. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? I have not noticed the difference at all. I bet that's a lot of people to, on steroids. Like as a novice guy, you just take it and you're like, I'm just going to take it and like work out occasionally and like it's just going to happen. But you actually have to work out hard to get results A, but then B, to, to benefit from the steroid use, you have to really bust your ass, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, well, there's, there's good evidence that steroids alone uh, will lead we'll to significant something. muscle mass. But the only way that's possible is if you, if your nutrition is in line, mm. like you can't mm. eat just about nothing and, right. and expect the to steroids the to muscles. just like pull air in and just, yeah. <laughs> and start to work. So yeah, it was, it was pretty remarkable. Like the, the moral of the story is that a lot of guys, a lot more than you would expect of guys have their hands on steroids and probably not the greatest stuff, mm -hmm. but they have mm -hmm. their hands on steroids and they're taking yeah. it and it's, it's yeah, not there's, panning there's out some, for them. Yeah. There's some guys at the gym where you're just like, how are you that jacked? You know, like, and I know some, a lot of people have great genetics and they work out really hard and have sure. for years and that's Definitely. probably why, but Sometimes you just wonder, you know, and that's maybe more times than not that people are and mm -hmm. that's fine. I just, it's just, an, it's an interesting world to kind of start learning about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's, there's a, there's a lot of secrets within, but I mean, and what's to finish that out too, is like, I actually recently asked my, my friend about like, where are these guys? Like, what are they doing now? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of them, all of them have just like, well, all, all of them have stopped taking steroids, but all of them have stopped working out altogether oh, and wow. just completely just let themselves go. So they look like completely different people from what they were, you know, five years ago, six years ago. Um, cool. Yeah, it's pretty, it's and pretty And I nice. imagine coming off of steroids is not exactly like an easy process for your body to handle either. No, that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. So that's, that's definitely a drawback of steroids is that once you start taking like, let's say exogenous testosterone, which is uh, what, what, uh, one of the steroids, um, then your body stops producing testosterone. So once you stop injecting it, then, um, usually your body does not produce the same amount of testosterone. So there is, and it makes you infertile unless you take an added injection of something else that protects your, your fertility. 
Um, that's not a huge deal, but like it, you know, it, it can happen for sure. Um, wow. I know for me, I mean, when I'm in my fifties, I'm probably going to start taking testosterone for sure. Um, just would because that be something where, you know, you would at a certain age, you know, go to a, what would the, what would the particular physician be called that would measure those levels or I mean, could you just do it anywhere? Yeah. You could go to a testosterone clinic where they're, they've got these experts that yeah. specifically do that. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I plan on doing. Um, and I, if it's a, if it's a certain amount or below that, then they would say, you know, maybe you want to think about starting this now yeah. or. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, that's in, they, they typically don't do it based off of age necessarily, which is kind of weird, but, um, hmm. I mean, men's testosterone range is between 350 and 1000 nanograms per deciliter. So that's, that's a pretty wide range. So if you fall below that, um, and men's testosterone declines very slowly, um, it's about mm-hmm. 1% a year after about age 30. So, and the thing is that actually, I'm fuck, I'm 1% <laughs> lower. Damn it. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, though, that testosterone doesn't, if, if, if a person is at 300, let's say, let's say 400 nanograms per deciliter, and then you compare that to a person who has 800 nanograms per deciliter, you would think that there would be a sizable difference between those two individuals. There actually isn't. It's hmm. if, if, if you're within the range, even if you're mm-hmm. on the low end, you can still be just as muscular, if not maybe even more muscular than a person who has double the amount of testosterone that you do. The problem mm. is where, testo- where steroids come in is where you start injecting and you have super physiological, so over a thousand nanograms, where you're starting to get 2,000, 3,000 nanograms, and suddenly that has a pretty profound effect on, on muscle mass and things like that. So, uh, but a testosterone clinic obviously isn't going to be giving you that much. But the point right. is, like, if you're in your 50s, they're still going to be basing it off of that range. From my understanding, I could be a little bit off on that. But they still base it off of kind of the standard range of, is it below 350? And then they look at their your free testosterone, your bioavailable testosterone, and then they base it off that and try to get it up within the, within the correct range. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to get myself some shitty sleep. I'm going to stay up all night the night before, you know, like that kind of stuff right. and just see if, uh, see what my testosterone levels are. I, I get my testosterone checked about once a year or so. So I know my testosterone levels and I can actually track them from, from, from there. But and yeah, I, I mean, can show up in like a normal blood test that you would get at yeah, an annual yeah. physical. They could check for that as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and, um, but I mean, granted when it comes to muscle mass, our our muscles especially as men uh maintains itself extremely well for uh until about your like mid 50s and then you start to see some decrements so mm-hmm. um it's pretty remarkable i mean people people are like shocked that like a 40 year old can have the physique of like a 25 year old or whatever it might be but that's it's perfectly possible there's there's mm-hmm. i mean I've, I've seen so without many the aid of, yeah, without, without the aid of testosterone. 
But once you get into your 50s, you would need the aid of mm-hmm. testosterone because at that point you're about 20, 25% depleted from what you normally, well, normally as in younger version of yourself would be. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's my that's plan. That's why Joe Rogan looks the way he does now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan's absolutely jacked. And if you, I mean, you, and testosterone will protect you for probably another like decade or two, something like that. I mean, eventually like the muscle mass quality and stuff starts to decrease. Like you're not going to see like an 80 year old that's looking just as good as like a guy in his twenties working out just as hard, you know, like that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So anyway, there's my plan. Hey, hey, I like it. I like that plan. Yeah. It's a good plan. I'm trying to avoid it until then because I, I don't want to stick myself with a needle once a week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how good I would do with that, but I'm sure it get over it pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would too, but it'd just be a pain in the ass to have that like added responsibility. Yeah, a ritual. Brush yeah, my exactly. teeth, wash my yeah. face, stick my needle in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Can't miss a week. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I guess the last question uh, would be more of a working out question. How much emphasis are you putting on the negative rep? Other For than what? The, I mean, I mean, just really with anything. I mean, it could be with bench press, could be with bicep curls how much are you putting an emphasis on slowly going down the negative rep are you trying to expense that energy as well or does that make a big enough difference really at all uh for the negative it still depends on what the goal is if it's muscle mass then yes you would want to focus on the negative if it's power then no you don't want to focus on the negative necessarily um yeah, the the negative, um, what it does is you have these linkers inside your uh, muscle cells that, uh, that latch onto one another and then ratchet to the next linker and then ratchet to the next linker. And you have billions and billions of these in sequential order and they all do it super rapidly as you're as you're doing, going through the concentric exercise, the positive, uh, rep. So you're pulling, let's say the bicep curl, you know, up to your chest. And then in the, the eccentric, the negative, once you're lowering the weight, those linkers go in the opposite direction. And, but it can only stretch so far. And as it does that, it has to actually maintain that load as it's going down. So it can't, you know, it can't just like if if all those linkers were to just let go then your muscle just rip and then you just like drop the weight right so it puts a lot more strain on the muscle to actually go through the negative than it does for the positive although the positive feels really difficult because you have this goal in mind of like i want to bring it up from point Mm -hmm. a to point b the the one that does the most stimulus for growth is actually the negative so that's Mm. why that's but there is a difference between the growth and the actual power, um, if you're trying to move, or strength even, if you're trying to move the most amount of weight possible, then the negative isn't necessarily going to be something that you want to focus on. You want to focus on the positive or the, 
Yeah, I'm just going to keep saying it, the, the, the positive. But if you want to build as much muscle as possible, which of course makes you stronger, just de facto, um, mm-hmm. but it's actually not. So lifting for strength and lifting for muscle mass are two different things. Um, they, they cross over quite a bit, but so if you get stronger, typically you build some muscle, although it is possible to, to get stronger without building much muscle. Um, but on the other hand, if you build a bunch of muscle, you tend to be a lot stronger. Um, but if you want both, then you have to have different training techniques and the negative is one of those differences. So for muscle mass, you, you want it. And for strength, you typically don't, I mean, you might implement some of it, but not a whole lot. All right. Okay. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. We still, I need to, I need to go through that. What was that podcast that you sent me or that you told me about? Uh, mind pump. Yeah. Mind pump. Every time, every time I, I think about it, I'm like mind pump. <laughs> just like in my head, I just reflexively <laughs> yeah. just want to be one of those like jackasses. That it's should, just like yeah. yelling the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I, I haven't really listened to anything recently after what I sent you, not because I'm like, oh, these guys suck or they don't know what they're saying, but just because I don't know, just done other things. But it, it is a, it is an interesting podcast because these guys are personal trainers or whatever and former body whatever they are and they just have opinions on you know questions like i just asked each one of them would have a different opinion maybe or something and talk about it so to me sometimes it's it's interesting i haven't really taken it like as law what they're saying obviously but i would definitely be interested because i don't know it just seems like there might be some things they say that would really make your eyebrow go up skeptical i'm not uh, that happens to me quite a lot when i'm listening (laughs) to different podcasts especially the more kind of pop science podcasts it's yeah. just like a bunch of bros just kind of talking. And that's like, kind of what it, yeah, that's what yeah, it seems like it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, so it'd be interesting to see what you thought. And they do little clips to the things. You don't have to listen to like a whole episode. So. Yeah, I think I was texting you as I was listening to one of the episodes. I was like, when are they going to get to the fucking point? Like, damn, they're just talking yeah. about all kinds of just stuff just about random ass stuff like i went to the store today and it's just like i don't (laughs) care man better to just go to the clips and then they're talking about like aliens and then they are like okay let's get to the does a muscle pump work you know like and then (laughs) then they're like what happens when bridges fall you know like it's just like what what is this (laughs) this is mind pump indeed i feel like my brain's deflating uh yeah anyway yeah it, i might i might check some of those out and uh and report back yeah be interesting yeah but yeah i guess the last thing i wanted to briefly touch on is the uh well we could we could talk one of two things or both uh first being caitlin jenner or second being mortal combat the movie. oh Let's do Mortal Kombat. I don't know anything about Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. <laughs> did you, did you watch, watch it? Did you watch the Mortal Kombat film? You first. I, I did. Wanna... <laughs> I did too. <laughs> okay, what was your impression? Um, 
I, so going into it, I obviously I wanted to love it and I wanted it to be great because I have a lot of good childhood memories of watching the first one, which came out probably 25 years ago. Yeah, I started least. watching the first one too. Yeah. From like 1995. And yeah. And I feel like if I watched it now, I'd be like, oh no. It's so bad. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but but back in the day, I was like, well, I'm going to be in this tournament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the best. Um, but it, I just thought, you know, after all this time, you know, you had so many, you have so many years, so much money, opportunity to put into a film to make it amazing. Because, you know, Mortal Kombat has had fans for, you know, three decades, basically. And I just thought it was trash, really. I just, (laughs) (laughs) I think I, I think I hated it because the acting was so terrible. The acting was horrific and I just couldn't, I just couldn't get over how bad the acting was and the story was kind of weird. I guess the martial arts was, was good. Um, but even the special effects sucked, I, I thought. Just ultra CGI, like blatantly uh, computer graphics. And I'm like, I can understand if this was like, you know, they made the Halo movie. Like, I don't know if that was made by a fan or just like a smaller company, which I liked a lot. But obviously the graphics and the budget behind it wasn't like, you know, if, if a Hollywood studio which is fine because again i still liked it but this mortal Kombat movie it seemed like a low budget thing i don't know it just seems just super low budget not thought out properly there's no not that you had to have a big name person but there was no recognizable actors who wanted to sign on i don't know i recognize one of the actors the the main bad guy the, the main sorcerer. bad guy yes yeah. I did recognize him but oh actually and uh, <clears throat> Scorpion too the, the guy main, that the well he yeah the guy in that the may have passed away yes no spoilers or maybe, he didn't. maybe he didn't hey you don't hey. know. <laughs> so, remember God, we saved that one <laughs> it's not a yeah it's not a memorable movie but. I don't know. I was just disappointed and I just, I just don't look forward to movies anymore because I know it's going to under deliver by a mile. Yeah. Uh, did you watch Godzilla versus King Kong before I go into Mortal Kombat? Uh, I did watch a little bit of that. I did. Um, again, it was a similar story with me. <laughs> I just felt like out of respect, I had to keep Mortal Kombat on. Yeah. Just out of respect, out of respect. for my childhood self. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I'd, I'd like to see a Tekken movie just blow that out of the water. I'm a Tekken guy now. I'm a Tekken guy I was now. a Tekken tag team guy back in the PS2 days. Uh-huh. Big Tekken 2 man. Um and I want to see a movie. I'm calling you out. Tekken. And then Soul Calibur will come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, why not? Try hey. to outdo it. Let's do it. 
Yeah, I don't know if the objective of the Mortal Kombat movie was to be super cheesy, but it was like the storyline was bad. I I did not enjoy it whatsoever. Uh, Kano had a few funny lines and the parts were just cringy. Totally. And the army woman just seemed so pointless that entire movie. Yeah, she and, just had to get her powers. Yeah, yeah, and it was just <laughs> God, it, like there was nothing, no substance there at all. There was no, I don't know, I don't know if I were, we're gonna call a spoiler free or not. Um, it's just, it was, uh, it was really bland. Um, and mm-hmm. some of the fight scenes were really cheesy. I thought like they, they could have just, even if they were trying to go for this kind of cheesy thing, some of the fight scenes were just stupid. Um, and some of the characters, I was just like, their special abilities were just like, I, <laughs> the one dude, the one dude, I'm sure he's got a name. So Mortal Kombat people. Fuck off! Yeah. The, with the hat, had like a and gas he just, mask on. No, that. Too. Oh no, the hat! The, yeah, the, hat, the hat just just like throws the hat, and like that's his ability. Power is is this metal hat? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how did you? I thought we were supposed to discover our power on our own. Like did this yeah. metal hat just appear? Yeah. And I'm like now I throw this hat. And it must have right. Like and he just I throws guess. this hat, and it's like it's like they all just have one ability. They're like. I throw hat. This is my ability. And then the Kano is just like this teeny tiny laser that just like shoots out of his eyeball. That was his only ability or, uh, the, the main protagonist, if you want to call him that, you know, he gets the, uh, the, the armor or whatever. And it's just like the whole time I was just like, this is so boring. Like none of these are cool abilities. None of them. (laughs) No, it was so one. tedious and the, then that guy Jax, he's like finds his ability is like his robot arms yeah. just improve themselves right yeah into strong muscle yeah exactly and then the fire wielder guy i mean he's just like that was he was the worst actor of them all he oh, was the worst terrific. actor and like you'd be concentrating so hard to like create like a little bit of fire or whatever. I'm just like, God, you're like having an aneurysm just trying to like create a little bit of fire, dude. Like that's your special ability. Yeah. The biggest problem was, is that mortal Kombat was never like, I don't think it was ever a comic. It was just like a game. And it was Mm. like, here, all the guys now just, fight each other and they're like this is all we need and it was for a while but when when you try to make up a backstory to all these and then you're like sub-zero's just the bad guy now the coolest guy is just the bad guy like all right i didn't know i didn't know that i didn't know he was a bad guy like he's a chinese bad guy i'm sure china's not gonna be too happy about that but They end up re-editing the entire movie. Oh, dude, there's no way that's playing in China right now. Uh, there's oh, yeah. no way. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not. There's no way. The only but, fight uh, scene I thought was like halfway decent was Scorpion versus uh, Sub Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we've already. I've. I. We, I will take well, blame. I have. I have spoiled a lot, so I apologize. But like, actually, I don't really care. But. No. 
the the one scene at the end where Scorpion and Sub-Zero are fighting and then the guy with the armor, the protagonist, which I still don't know his name, he's just punching the ice around his wife. (laughs) Dude, there's a scene where they're fighting and he's just in the background just punching the ice. ice. (laughs) Oh my God. I was laughing so hard. Oh, They survived that. Yeah, yeah, I was just in awe of like you guys. You guys ruined this potential amazing movie. You just ruined it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it was so it was annoying. it was not not good at all. Not good um, at all. Most Horrible of the movie. fights were bad, and just so non-creative. Except for again the Scorpion versus Sub Zero like fights. Like some of those were. Like that one fight was was pretty like, you know, they seemed like they put a good amount of work into getting creative with like what he can do with ice and stuff like creating the sword, you know, out of ice or like uh, trapping scorpion in ice and, you know, stuff like that. Or like creating uh, a, a wall out of, you know, stuff like that. That was like it was put some thought into like his ability. But it seems like Sub-Zero is the only one and maybe Scorpion had these abilities that actually they could transform into all kinds of different things. Kano was just like, just like one shot of his laser. And that, that was his ability. And they, they, they didn't, they they, couldn't kill the one girl. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he was just, it's owned just pointless, like completely pointless. And then her ability, the army girl, once she got hers, it was just like blast out of the fist. They show it once. And that was yeah. it. Like you and know, he's like that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Exactly. And the it's main like, protagonist yeah, way gets cooler than your shit. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, he just gets some armor, and then he just has a bunch of With he has two clubs on his on his. On the... exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just like what? Terrible. Use a gun. <laughs> like <laughs> this is not like back in the 1600s when it started. It's just yeah. like. Yeah, it's weird. The army chick was the weirdest thing to me because it was yeah. just like I'm, I'm still badass and I'm, I don't have a power, but I want to fight with the boys. <laughs> yeah, or the, <laughs> the the one chick with the like the deformed face, right? Yeah, and and then like her special ability. I mean, eventually I figured out she had another thing where she could like disappear and reappear somewhere else. Okay, I mean that's useful. Never use it. But yeah, uses it once in a fight and gets owned. But yep. like the the other thing is she's like gets a little angry and then her like face kind of splits open so her mouth gets like maybe fifty percent bigger, teeth. and that's it. Like that's yeah. her ability, dude. If that's what I got, I'd be like, damn. One, this is painful, this and two, yeah. this fucking sucks. This sucks. <laughs> I'm like a snake now, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which, which is no use to me as a human. Yeah. Yeah, it, those 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 parts are uh, that looking was, on. Uh, that was terrible. Rotten Tomatoes now, and fifty five percent, and then the audience score is eighty seven percent. Wow, just complete idiots watching a movie. I mean, I'm giving ass- it a good score. I'm assuming Mortal Kombat people are just like. This just is all we wanted. By it. Yeah, just blinded by the fact that there's a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Godzilla versus King Kong was definitely better than Mortal Kombat, but uh, it it had it had its uh, it had its issues for sure. Well, oh, the, oh this... I will I will give it credit though. One thing, Godzilla versus King Kong, they actually have a winner, which I did not expect. I thought they were gonna pull this like bullshit, like where they fight, and then they're like. You're pretty good at what you do, and you're pretty good at what yeah. you do. We have to unite. But don't they unite against the... Should we spoil, we spoil another movie? <laughs> we, we might as well. <laughs> don't they unite against the... Uh, Mecha the, Godzilla. The robot? Yeah, yeah robot Mecha Godzilla, Godzilla. right. Um, they do. They do. And that was fine. I mean, I, I actually did not know that. I actually did not know that that was going to be in the movie. So when they added that, I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. But the fact that they actually had a winner between when Godzilla and King Kong fight, um, that I thought that was oh, yeah, that was refreshing did. at least, that they would actually pick right. someone uh, to, to win. As that he was to, over him and was like, I could kill you right now. Basically. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and that was Godzilla that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, or God. Was <laughs> or was it? <laughs> it was Mothra. <laughs> I mean, the fight scenes were great. It was very entertaining as far as like the quality of the special effects was awesome. Yeah, oh, I will the- say that. And I will say in the in the Godzilla series, all three movies, I'm a pretty big fan of them. I mean, they're not great films, but the the sound design, I mm. love what they've done with the sound because I, I I watched I actually watched two of the movies on my like huge 500 watt base, you know, and yeah. just like when when Godzilla is like charging up, like. God, that was, oh, that sounded so incredible. And then when he like screams, you know, the Godzilla scream and it, oh, it was, that was absolutely epic. I, did you watch the second one, the King, King of the Monsters? I don't know. I don't believe I did. The first one was with, uh, Brian Cranston, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the so second one is the second, the second one. one is is pretty damn good. Like the fight scenes in that one are the best out of anything. Like out of all three movies, I would definitely check that out. There's there's a it's a badass ending at the end. I was I was I was okay. like fuck yeah, that's that's awesome. And if you can yeah. listen with a good sound system or like with headphones or something, it sounds mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. It's way better. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, Godzilla wins. <laughs> I had to. I I could yeah. just couldn't hold yeah. it in. <laughs> I, know. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I figured that because you watched Godzilla versus King Kong, you, you had a, you had an inkling that you might be. But there. I had no idea. I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So yeah, we've just spoiled three movies. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, well, one thing, one movie that I am looking forward to uh, that mm-hmm. hopefully maybe you also feel the same way is the Matrix movie, Matrix 4, mm-hmm. coming out yep. end of this year. Okay. If that turns out bad, I may riot. 
you're going in with high hopes, I take it. Yes, I am. High expectations. And I don't know what to expect. I really don't. They're bringing back all the original cast. It's going to be really... It's going to be odd. I mean, think about it. It's 20 years later. <laughs> it's crazy. I remember seeing the 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 second and third in theaters. Hmm. Not the first, because that was like... 99 i feel like yeah it was 1999 theaters didn't I exist i wasn't allowed to see it <laughs> at the ripe old age of nine nine <laughs> yes you just see little kyle just screaming that he's crying <laughs> not allowed <laughs> i'm not allowed to see this plebeians <laughs> bow before me <laughs> PG. Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. It 1999, and then the other one came out in like 2000, and the other one came out in like 2001 or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, so we're gonna see. I'm I'm very very curious. But the two movies that I was looking forward to, Godzilla versus King Kong and Mortal Kombat, were not as Mortal Kombat was a complete dud. And yeah, other, <laughs> it was bad. The other one was okay. I just mm -hmm. I don't like some of the side stories of like the humans like trying to figure out conspiracy theory and all that stuff. Is yeah, I know. I was like, come on, get to the good stuff. Like fuck this. Yeah. Of course, the girl from Stranger Things was in it. Yeah. Well, she's in the second one too, so you get to look forward to that. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. People think she's God's gift. I don't understand. I don't get that either. I don't think she's a great actress. I really no. don't. I mean, Stranger Things, she doesn't have to speak. <laughs> she's great, so though. They, yeah, I mean, she's really emotional. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not saying she's bad, but, like, let's slow yeah. down. Let's pump the brakes. Like, she's going to burn out quick, guys, if you keep doing this. Yeah. We'll have another Macaulay Culkin on our hands. He's doing just fine. Yeah, he's talking to mannequins at night. He's doing great. Uh, uh, sorry, McCully. Sorry. We know that you listen. Sorry about that. Uh, all right. Well, now that we've spoiled three movies, uh, you want to end it here? We can. I just... Uh... I just think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Caitlyn Jenner has formally announced her candidacy for governor. I did not. Uh, I didn't even catch California. that. California. Yeah, I didn't even announcement know that. has been made. Gavin Newsom, time's up. Me too. <laughs> We're coming for you, bud. No, but uh, yeah, his. She's running against him as the Republican candidate. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, I was hoping it would be Democrat so somebody else could, like, somebody with, oh, wow. Dude, California truly is fucked. Yeah. That's incredible. I saw that they lost an electoral vote as well because I'm assuming they're losing their population. Yeah. Wow. That's... Some fun things are happening. That's stunning. The state of California. Gavin Newsom, yeah. the, the 
the crooked man he is. And crooked Gav. Ka- yeah, crooked Gav. Um, <laughs> versus Caitlyn Jenner, who versus Kooky Caitlyn, who seems to, uh, in certain respects, not Very saying not saying that. Yeah, I'm not saying the. Uh, it just seems like sh- she doesn't follow the opinions of uh, a conservative party, and it seems a little little odd. Well, it's it's wild because. Uh, She's like hardcore conservative Republican. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's strange. Um, and she's like, yeah, I believe in marriage is a, between a man and a woman. <laughs> it's like, what? That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, probably the perfect politician. Yeah, you could argue that for sure. You could definitely argue that. Today. Yeah. But um, just be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, you know, I I was not aware, and now that I am, <laughs> I'm horrified, and I'm I may not even visit California in the next four years. Yeah, we need to give that state some space for a minute. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So that's all I had. All right. Well, we're caught up on uh, world events. Now it's the monetary minute. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for something like that. Where we look at the uh, exchange rates. (laughs) (laughs) The penny's value has increased (laughs) by one quarter of a billionth of a percent. (laughs) Wow. It's close to Dogecoin now. Making a comeback? <laughs> Who knows? We've got an hour story here for you. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll catch you in the next uh, next episode. Later. See ya.